You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual couple of news stories that are hitting right now as we sit down to record the podcast. Quickly, before we get to your calls, a little good news out of Washington, D.C. A tonic for those of us who are still hurting because of Maine. Uh, the D.C. City Council voted to legalize same-sex marriage in the district uh, today by a wide margin, 11 to 2. In two weeks, the city council will vote again, and then the bill goes to Mayor Adrian Fenty, who has said that he will sign it. So legalized same-sex marriage is a coming to Washington, D.C. And another story that I'm not quite sure how to wrap my head around exactly, except to, of course, direct people to ageofconsent.com. You know, when you're driving across the country with your 16-year-old girlfriend and you're a 67-year-old man, you might want to consult local age of consent laws before you get to banging her in hotel rooms. Something from the AP Washington uh, – a little something from the AP. A 67-year-old Georgia man faces 30 years in prison for having sex with a 16-year-old lover at a Virginia hotel as the couple drove through the state. Federal prosecutors say that Mac Gordon Harris of Social Circle, Georgia, met a 15-year-old girl online in a Christian chat room. He waited till she turned 16, the age of consent in Maryland, where he lived. Sorry, not Georgia, Maryland. And then he began traveling to visit her and they would have sex. In December of 2005, Harris picked the girl up and was bringing her to live with him in Georgia. And they stopped overnight in Skippers, Virginia and had sex. And unfortunately, the age of consent in Virginia is 18, not 16. So this 67-year-old Georgia dude who is trawling Christian Einline chat rooms for 15-year-olds and then waiting very carefully, very you know, upstanding, uh, good Christian man, waiting until they turn 16 to bang the shit out of him. He's going to jail because he stopped in the wrong state, stayed at the wrong hotel. And this is so deeply fucked up, I don't even want to say a goddamn word about it. I, you know, age of consent is very arbitrary sometimes. You know, 16 in Maryland, 18 in Virginia, consult your local laws. It does seem a little... As much as I do not smile, I do not smile on 67-year-olds trawling chat rooms looking for teenage girls or boys, it does seem a little perhaps unfair, draconian, that this guy is facing 30 years in prison for doing something in Virginia that was legal where he lived and where he was taking this girl. Not that he shouldn't be punished, perhaps by his maker when he meets him after death but it does seem a bit harsh not that i want to wrap this up with any tips for teenage christian website trawlers creepy old men but it seems that you know with banging teenagers that you met on a christian website the adage that applies in the real estate world also applies location 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 This episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item, plus three adult DVDs, plus an extra gift, plus free shipping, visit adamandeve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. Hi, Dan. This is Jam. I'm a uh, 28-year-old bisexual male. Um, My question involves uh, 
meeting someone and they're already with someone else. Um, I have just today met a woman that I'm very interested in, and uh, I didn't know she had a boyfriend until, you know, halfway through the time that we've been speaking with each other. And uh, I got the idea from her that she was putting feelers out. You know, there are lots of different dudes that she was talking to, which I'm not super comfortable with because I don't like the idea of competing with other guys. But, you know, I was really into her, so I was willing to take my chances. And then it turns out she has a boyfriend that, you know, she's on the outs with him. She's trying to break up with him. She doesn't know how to break up with him. But she's going to, and I guess she's, you know, setting up the next dude. I don't know. That, that also seems kind of shady now that I say it out loud. Um, and not only that, but apparently, you know, we're going to go see a movie in a couple of days. And she asked him about it, and apparently it's okay. So the boyfriend is aware of my existence. Maybe she presented it to him just, I'm a guy, not a prospective next boyfriend. I don't know. But it's sort of weirding me out. Again, I'm really interested in her, so I'm sort of letting all of these very reasonable conclusions go straight over my head while my dick does the talking. So, I don't know, I just uh, thought I'd ask you for your input on that, you know, and uh, all sorts of general advice. Thank you very much. I'm always confused when people say they don't know how to break up with someone. It's really easy to break up with someone. I mean, it's emotionally difficult, but it's really easy and obvious. You open your mouth and say, I am breaking up with you. It is over. We are through. Done. Goodbye. Thank you. That was nice, but... I've met somebody else. It's not you. It's me. Whatever. Breaking up. Hard to do emotionally. Easy to do logistically. Uh, people are lazy, though, and people are sometimes reluctant to you know, dump the one they've got until they have some motivation, which often means meeting the one they want or the next one they want. And you may be that person. You may be the catalyst that she needs, the motivation that she needs, the inspiration that she needs to pull the trigger and end this relationship. I would advise you that, you know, if you're interested in her more than just as a one-off or if she has an open relationship with her current more as just a side thing, if you're interested in her romantically and you want to form an attachment, I would encourage you not to go to the movie. I would encourage you to say to her on the phone or in person, I'm really attracted to you. I'd like to date you. I'm interested in you romantically. Call me as soon as you figure out how to break up with the guy you're with now and we will begin to date then. Hi, Dan. Uh, I'm a 27-year-old male. I live in Brooklyn with my girlfriend. We listen to your podcast every Tuesday night together. It's a thing for us. We like it a lot. So my question is this. We've been together for about a year and a half. We've been living together for about three months, which is going really well. And we don't have any big problems. This is more of a sort of a uh, negotiation thing, I guess. But uh, here's the thing is, I am uh, really into big asses. I'm a big fan of big asses. And she has, like, the Citizen Kane of big asses, like, best big ass I've ever seen ever. I'm a big fan of it. And she's been kind of uncomfortable with having a big ass growing up and all that. She's sort of getting over that and I'm helping her with that and all that. And uh, so that's not a big problem either. I guess here's the thing is that um, I really want her to... uh, sort of, I guess, performatively shake her ass or, yeah, whatever you want to call it, do sort of dance moves with her ass, like uh, like the Fly Girls or like uh, rap videos or something, you know, just because it would just give me a big boner, you know, and uh, she's not against doing it, like she's not, uh, she doesn't feel degraded by this or she's not offended that I want her to do it, but she sort of just doesn't know how to do that. And she, I think it just makes her really uncomfortable. And she said that she would like 
try it out or she would practice when I'm not around or something, which is fine with me, but I've been kind of bugging her about this occasionally for a while. And I just, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. And I've tried to like, uh, like I've had videos on YouTube of like how to do that. And it sort of made me feel creepy to try to show them to her and she didn't want us to watch them together. And, uh, I guess I'm sort of worried about being creepy about this too. Like this isn't a deal breaker. I'm not going to, um, make a big problem if you can't do it. So I guess it's just sort of about, uh, her being comfortable with that. Um, or just about me just dropping it and being okay with how it's not going to happen. But I guess I feel like if you've got, uh, an amazing hat and you should shake it around for your man uh, if he would like it a lot. Um, or, you know, I should just drop it. I have to admit when you said that she has the citizen cane of big asses that I didn't know quite where you were going with that. She has an epic big ass, a classic, a black and white big ass, a 68-year-old big ass. I wasn't sure how that was quite a compliment until you said the best one you've ever seen. Then I got it. Um, she's clearly inhibited, uh, and still is a little self-conscious about her big ass. Um, if, you know, put, try to put yourself in her shoes for a moment. This part of her body that she always felt self-conscious about, um, is your favorite part of her body in this thing she probably dressed to downplay a little bit or cover up is the thing you want shaking in your face. I would encourage you to... You know, you've already put it out there. Every once in a while you can mention it. There are hip-hop classes, though, hip-hop dance classes. And I would encourage you to encourage her to take one. And I would encourage you to take it with her. She'll feel a little less self-conscious about shaking her rump for you if you're shaking your rump with or for her. I mean, go you go into the living room, take all your clothes off, stand in front of her, and just fucking dance. That's a really hard thing to do, actually. Everyone's going to feel pretty much like an idiot at that moment. Go take a dance class together. Go to some clubs together. Dance in the clubs. And then maybe when she's had a couple of drinks and she's been dancing all night, the dancing will continue when you get home. But right now, just like, hey, it's Sunday at 3 o'clock and I'm sitting here in my underwear. Dance! Shake your big ass! Like, no one's going to want to fucking do that, Citizen Kane ass or not. Hi, Dan. I'm a 37-year-old bisexual male. I live in New York City, and I have a little problem, um, or concern, I guess. It's not, I don't know if it's a problem or not. I find that I am only attracted to African-American men and to Asian women. Um, I don't know if this makes me some sort of crazy, fetishistic, racist nutball, or if it's just that the physical characteristics of uh, these two ethnic groups are what turns my crank. Um, I have probably, at least in the last 10 years, only dated people from these two ethnic groups. And it makes me feel sort of odd. Um, I don't find myself fetishizing the sort of negative stereotypes that some people uh, associate with uh, these ethnic groups in so insofar as Asian women being submissive and insofar as uh, African-American men as being uh, domineering. Um, but I just I don't necessarily feel totally comfortable in my skin regarding this. Um, I don't know if it's all right or not. Anyway, if you could please shed some light on this, I would really appreciate it.
The results of the study uh, ran in the December issue, December of last year, of the Journal of Health and Social Behavior study conducted, the results of the study conducted at the University of Toronto, that found that gay men uh, who felt sexually undesirable uh, had higher risks for just about everything, health consequences, uh, more psychological problems, tended to engage in uh, riskier sexual behavior, particularly gay minority men who felt rejected because of their race. Uh, because other gay men didn't want to fuck them because so many white gay men only want to fuck other white gay men. And I really don't think it's going to help the self-esteem of these guys if the men who are attracted to them are so tortured by considerations of political correctness and self-consciousness that they won't hit on them, that they won't just be open about it, so long as you're not fetishizing guys because of their race, so long as you don't have a mandingo thing or a submissive Asian girl thing. If you go to these guys that you're attracted to and just be attracted to them, be genuine, be who you are and prove in the way you interact with them that you're not looking for some sort of racial stereotype uh, to fuck, that you just happen to be attracted to Asian guys and black guys the same way some guys happen to be only attracted to other white guys. And But again, if guys like you, guys who are attracted to uh, Asians and blacks hang back because you're so tormented and tortured and self-conscious. It, that's not helping anything. Give yourself permission to like what you like and go after what you want. Looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com for a limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. There's more. You'll also receive three free adult DVDs, plus a free extra gift, plus free shipping on your entire order. Check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. That's adamandeve.com and enter Savage at checkout. Hi, Dan. Um, I've been uh, a nude online model for several years, um, and I recently got into some online sex work, basically webcamming for money on a couple different sites. The problem is with my boyfriend, surprise, surprise, um, we live in a small town. We've been together about three years and living together for about two and a half. I'm 29, he's 29, I think, or 28. Um, when we first got together, uh, I was a stripper, and um, he didn't seem to have a problem with that, and... Uh, Let's see. We kind of had an unspoken, open relationship at first. He seemed happy to find someone who was into open relationships. But as the relationship progressed, um, we never really talked about it. Uh, talking about stuff like that is a little awkward. Sometimes it's hard to bring up, and we both kind of just tend to avoid it. Um, so we never really talked about it, but now he's uncomfortable with uh, us having an open relationship. So basically, um, the other day, I didn't tell him about webcamming because whatever. Um, he caught me, quote unquote, um, and he uh, he's unhappy with it. He thinks it's sleazy. He says that uh, he can't trust me now and that thinking about dudes having sex is totally repulsive to him. Um, I really enjoy webcamming. I've been making a lot of money, which I need badly. Um, it turns me on. 
It makes me feel sexy and powerful and attractive. I get a kick out of it. And it has fulfilled the need, I think, for any kind of, like, extra relationship flirtation. I'm not as, you know, excited to go fuck someone on the side, you know, because now I can sit at home in front of my computer naked and get the same kind of, you know, validation. Uh, um, I care about him a lot. It's uh, He's weird. I'm weird. We live in a small town. It's hard for me to feel like someone gets me, like who knows, you know, who just like gets how I am. Um, he's really interesting, and I like he's not like everyone else, and I uh, you know, don't want to end things, but I want to, I want him to be okay with me webcamming, basically. Just listen to your call, and the, what really I thought was the most telling part of the call was that you didn't inform the boyfriend in advance that you'd progressed from nude modeling to live webcamming. Yeah, he uh, had a problem with that, too. And the sort of relationship you want to have where there's some leeway or understanding about desire for others or, you know, your career involves nude modeling and you need the money, that can only sort of function in a healthy way if you're honest. That doesn't mean you have to cave. I, I <laughs> The reason you didn't tell him was because you knew he wouldn't approve and you didn't want to have the fight and you didn't want to not be able to do it because you needed the money, Right. Yeah, it was kind of better uh, beg forgiveness than ask permission kind of thing. <laughs> right, because he might have said, if you do that, then it's over. Yeah. And so, or, yeah. So what you have to decide now, though, is it sounds like the, you know, the, the foundation of your relationship, like what, what was mutually agreeable when you met is no longer mutually agreeable. It was an open relationship when you met. He knew you did a certain kind of sex work, nude modeling. You were a stripper. I don't see much of a difference between webcamming and nude modeling and stripping, but obviously he makes some sort of distinction because it's this one-on-one interaction that involves, I assume, masturbation or something on your part. Mm-hmm. So he, yeah. and you just need to, you two need to look at each other and say, do we still belong together? Do we make sense together? Have we grown yeah. far? That's the kind of conversation you need to have, not a conversation about the specifics of whether you touch yourself while you webcam. <laughs> but a yeah, he. He kind of did the thing where he's like, oh, well, my feelings have changed and I, you know, feel more possessive now or whatever now that we've grown closer and now I'm not okay with it because I love you. And what's your response to that? Uh, I don't know. I told him that he has issues he needs to deal with and he should work through them. And he's like, well, they've never been a problem before. Right. So it seems to me that you guys might be headed for a breakup. Um, yeah, eventually, it's kind of understood with us that eventually we're going to go our separate ways. It's just that there's never been, like, a catalyst, you know? It seems to me that, uh, you know, I don't, I don't like to willy-nilly tell people to break up, you, but you guys need to renegotiate. You need at least to hash this out. Is he in a position where he can support you? No. Um, Are you paying more than your fair share based on... You know, the money? No, we, we split everything down the middle, but the camming really helps bolster, you know, it, it helps me not have to worry that I'm going to overdraw my accounts every month, okay. you know? Is this something that you will one day be able to phase out of your professional life? I mean, you can't... When I'm old and fat, yeah. You can't be an old and fat webcam model. I mean... Unless people are into that kind of thing. I'm going to hear from the old and fat webcam models because I said that, but generally, you know, that's not... 
something you can do for four decades, right? Eventually, you yeah. need some other revenue stream. Yeah, Are you and I have heard that. I mean, what's your career goals besides fingering yourself on webcam? <laughs> I actually have two jobs now. I'm a librarian, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's a constant source of amusement for everybody I can with. So, oh, oh you're the sexy librarian. I'm like, I guess I am. Uh, indeed. <laughs> okay, so you have a career, and one day, you know, things will settle down, and you will buy choice or. By, you know, aging out of By it. By fatness. Yeah, be retired from the camming. And is he willing to, you know, to turn a blind eye and let you do what you need to do to make the money until then? Or, We've actually... Go ahead. Or is sure. this something that he's saying to you? You guys just need to clarify where you're coming from. Are you unwilling to stop? Is he unwilling to consent to be in a relationship? We had a little bit of an update since I, uh, you know, left my message. He... Are you there still? Yeah. Okay. He kind of, he came back and he's like, I guess I'm okay with it. I just don't want to know about it. You know, kind of don't ask, don't tell kind of thing. But I'm still not okay with that because I enjoy it and I want him to be happy for me. Uh-huh. You know, sometimes when people offer to turn a blind eye, you have to accept their offer. Yeah. Gracious. And I did. Um, yeah. Every relationship has cracks and fissures and areas where if you just focus on them all the time, the relationship will crumble, right, if you keep driving wedges right. in. And so the question is, can you two now, you know, he'll turn a blind eye, you'll graciously accept his offer to turn a blind eye, and then you guys will leave this alone. And then one day it won't be an issue anymore because you will be an old and fat librarian. Right, and broken up. Maybe broken up. Or maybe still together. Yeah. You never know. It's, yeah, it's all good. Um we, yeah, it's like now I kind of have to find the time to do it behind his back, you know? Not behind his back, but, you know, behind his blind eye or whatever. And, like, right now, for example, he's home, and I could be on cam making a ton of money, but I can't because he's home. Uh-huh. And uh, I'd rather just be able to say, like, hey, I'm going to go, you know, fuck myself with a dildo for money while you're doing the dishes. Don't come in the room. But... Yeah, I can't. Well, you should be able to. Because then you have this perverse incentive to always be there and police your behavior. You should be able to shut the door and say, work in. You turn your blind eye now. Turn your blind eye on now. Do not disturb. Yeah. All right? Well, you're awesome. Thanks. Sure. Hi. I have a question. <clears throat> My sister has Asperger's syndrome, uh, which is high-functioning autism. And in the past, she has um, had some dubious sexual history on the Internet, um, crazy 300-pound truckers that show up at the house and um, things like that. Uh, with Asperger, she has learned not to do that anymore. And uh, she is engaged to be married. Um, what freaks me out about this, other than being overprotected big brother, is that the guy she's engaged to... Um, does not believe in premarital sex, uh, is a virgin. Um, and uh, my sister has had quite an active sexual history. She freaked the hell out of me by saying once, uh, men like the way I do them. And I'm pretty frank with her about how to uh, navigate a sexual history. And, um, you know, I'm... HIV positive, and, and uh, I was like, listen, I've got the HIV, you've got the Asperger's, 
Uh, you don't need anything extra, so don't get it, or I'll tell you myself. Um, but out of absolute love and support and admiration, uh, the wedding is, you know, six months away, but um, am I wrong to think that she's crazy to marry somebody without ever having uh, seen, uh, touched, tasted, felt the goods? I think people should have premarital sex. Most people do. Your sister has. I think people should have premarital sex with the person they intend to marry as well to, as you say, test the goods. You're not really in a position to tell your sister what to do, though. You can only give her the best advice a brother can give. You can go to her and say, look, I think it's a bad idea. I think you should knock boots. Your sexual values and his sexual values are really different. And then she's free to take or disregard your advice and make her own choices. And then you go to the wedding and you keep your mouth fucking shut at the wedding. You keep the mouth fucking shut at the reception. You keep your mouth fucking shut. If she winds up divorcing the bastard and one day uh, realizes that she should have taken your advice. Oh, so long ago, Asperger's or no Asperger's. She's still an adult. She still gets to make her own choices and her own mistakes. Hey Dan, I'm a 23 year old straight female. I'm from Canada I listen to your show all the time, and I've been encouraging my friends to listen to your show. I think generally you have uh, really, really uh, witty, insightful things to say to people that just need to hear it straight. Um, I think you need to hear something straight, which is why I've gotten off my ass to call you long distance from Canada. Um, You've gotten in the habit of suggesting to people that if they're having trouble talking to the person they like or if they're having trouble uh, talking to their lover about the way they like to have sex or be touched or this or that and the other, um, that they should use alcohol and get drunk because maybe if they're drunk, life will be easier. Um, I think this advice is crap. I think you are... Uh, single-handedly encouraging the sexually frustrated population of North America to go out and booze. Um, I just don't agree with it. And, you know, for someone who's usually right, I thought it would be nice to explain to you that you are wrong. I don't believe that people should get shit-faced. I don't believe that people should obliterate their inhibitions with alcohol. I believe that alcohol is a drug and a potentially dangerous drug. And being drunk doesn't uh, absolve you of responsibility for the choices you might make, blah, 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 blah. However, I have eyes in my fucking head. I leave the goddamn house. What do you think is going on in the bars and restaurants and nightclubs in North America every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night? People are having a cocktail or two because people are full of anxiety and nerves and people need a little courage, they sometimes call it. Just a little. That's all I'm recommending is a drop or two, a drink or two of alcohol. If you feel blocked and inhibited a bit, not to get so blind fucking drunk that you'll give yourself permission to do something dangerous or stupid or illegal, but you know, a drink to take the edge off so that you can walk up to somebody and say, hey, how are you? Can I buy you a drink? And I just don't think that makes me a monster or somehow an outlier. I think it just makes me honest. What do you th- again? What the fuck do you think is going on in every bar, restaurant, nightclub in America and in Canada on the weekend? Yes, yeah, some people are going to get shit faced and do something that they regret. 
That's not what I mean when I say have a drink or two to lower your inhibitions. I don't mean lower your inhibitions so you can go get in trouble, so you can go do something really stupid or dangerous. I am recommending that people do what I see people doing all the time, what I have done successfully many times in my life, what everyone I know has done successfully in their lives, which is to have a cocktail or two, take the edge off, socialize, decrease those inhibitions just enough that you can give yourself permission to hit on someone, to suggest something that maybe you were nervous about trying, blah, blah, blah. I actually feel like we're in agreement, you and me, about the boozing thing. I don't think people should booze out of control. I don't think people should drink themselves into a blackout state and do whatever. And neither do you, I suspect, because you are not picketing nightclubs and singles bars and gay bars in Canada every weekend. You are not advocating, even in your call, prohibition, the prohibition of alcohol. I assume that you are, therefore, for the responsible consumption of alcohol, as am I. And one reason to responsibly consume alcohol is to knock your inhibitions down just a notch or two so that you can get your ass laid. Hi, Dan. Um, I'm a 41-year-old woman calling from Minneapolis, and I just wanted to respond to the latest podcast, number 160, um, for the woman who was ambivalent about having children. And um, I was lucky enough that in my early 30s, Somebody I really trusted who had three beautiful, wonderful children that she loved very much said to me, you know, if I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't. And um, that was a real eye-opener for me, and it really set me free um, from my own ambivalence. And um, my husband and I do not have any children together, and um, coming home at the end of the day and watching dumb TV and playing with the dog who loves you unconditionally and doesn't talk back is a great lifestyle. And furthermore, it gives you more time and energy to devote to other people around you um, in your family and in your circle. So there, uh, there is an upside to that. You can still um, have a lot to contribute to society besides just raising uh, children. Thanks very much for the call and the feedback. You know, a word for everybody out there who has invested all their time and energy in kids. Kids are great. I have kids. And uh, you have a dog that loves you. But, you know, 30, 40 years, the dog will be dead. Nobody there to change your diapers. Just saying. Hey, Dan, this is Dee. I just had a uh, comment for uh, the gal with the big tits. Um, One thing she needs to realize is that men in particular are genetically optimized to notice things like big tits. So it's not that we're sort of consciously picking anything. We just can't not noticing them. And so it, there's a good chance that any guy she talks to, that's the first thing he's going to notice about it. Um, one thing, though, is uh, that she might want to know about is that if someone does not notice them, that is probably intentional. And the reason it's intentional is he's probably a, a practitioner of the game. You might know that book about seduction. And one of the tricks of game is to not notice a woman's best asset and, if anything, to make fun of their best asset. So she needs to kind of get through this idea that if someone notices her tits, she's a slut. And if someone doesn't notice her tits, she's probably going to be especially attracted to him, but she probably should know that he's actually deceiving her. He is noticing her tits. He's just pretending not to. So she's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. And so I suggest that she just uh, relax and uh, focus on the conversation at hand. I would hate to think that all the men that don't immediately stare at or comment on or make a grab for a large-breasted woman's big tits 
aren't playing the game, aren't reading seduction community bullshit websites, but are doing what most mature adult men, gay or straight, do, which is notice without staring, take in without ogling. It is possible to uh, roll with your genetic optimization and notice the tits without making the person attached to them feel like that's all you saw. And that's where we're going to leave it this week. We're going to leave it with me staring at your tits because I am genetically, genetically, I am genetically optimized to stare at your tits. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast if you'd like to record a call for a future program. And soon we're going to be inviting back Dr. Barack, who is the Savage Lovecast's occasional medical genius, visitor, guest, expert-ter. If you have a medical question, give us a call. Leave that, 206-201-2720, and we may use it in the show we're taping in a couple of weeks with Dr. Barack. You download us every week at thestranger.com. I blog every day at slog.thestranger.com, where you can read the Savage Love Letter of the Day, and me and the tech-savvy at-risk youth. We'll be back at you next week with another installment of the genetically optimized Savage Lovecast. Thanks for listening.